The movie you're about to see is called The Gruesome Twosome. You can tell by the title we were beginning to move this kind of movie in a slightly different direction. The combination of gore and humor. Now, I both produced and directed this one. Many theaters reported to us that people who never went to a Cena Splatter film would go to see this movie and recommend to others who had never been to see a splatter film that this might be the first shot of its type. I'm counting on your enjoying this movie because, in a sense, just as Blood Feast was the watershed movie for splatter films altogether, the gruesome twosome began an era that still exists in which some of these movies show that you can indeed combine gore and humor. I hope you're one of those people. Let us once again make clear that which most do not seem to understand. This podcast is marked as explicit not because it offers a mature look into the world of topics not meant for the young or immature, but because it mucks about in very appalling, gormless, and tasteless filth whilst reveling in it. Psyops aims to drag you down into the very same muck filled with sexual deviancy and decayed morality. Cinema Psyops. They heap weekly praise on such filth while discussing the most base and animalistic urges, reviewing the lowest common denominator of low-grade trash ever considered film. Children, what's that about? How dare you? How dare you? 
Welcome to the 407th consecutive week of Cinema PsyOps. This episode represents 407 consecutive releases, because we don't record that way anymore, for this show. And super stoked about the new format is my co-host, Matt! Holy shit! Everything's falling apart, but fuck it! We're all happy to be here, right? <laughs> yes, I suppose so. Um, the world just gets a little darker and a little grimmer every fucking week. And every fucking week, we seem to find a way to talk about a movie that we don't want to talk about and still put it out there to shout into the void and hope that we can be heard because this is the only creative outlet yeah. that you and I have, aside from masturbating sobbingly behind the furnace. The, me- no the, the movie part. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, listen, there's not a lot of room in my furnace. I just closed the door to my basement. All right. Um, every, you know, the, the movie part, that's your fault. I mean, you know, uh, the world going to shit is everyone else's, but you're the one who chooses these fucking movies. Yeah. Yeah. The box set deep dive thing. I'm definitely relenting here, but uh, I don't know. Maybe the box set deep dive won't yeah. seem so bad when we're doing Gemsner movies, which, uh, by the way, I'm they, they yeah. definitely, it definitely won't. It definitely won't. It definitely won't. I, I regret I to inform don't. you that some of those would be double dips and we probably won't be covering them. <laughs> like some of the uh, movies that she was in that were Bruno Mattei movies. I, Do you really want to double dip the Bruno Mattei movies she was in? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Those are fine. We can we can scratch that shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, you're you're very you're, you got you, you you played this one right, Court. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know that we didn't skip the vampires and we did vampires twice, but I just don't really want to do more Bruno Mattei again. Um, if you really want to see those, no, I can I, get I you a copy of them. But yeah, we're not going back. We we can't. <laughs> It's all right. I don't. I don't. I don't need to go back to anything. Bruno Mattei. All right. I just don't. <laughs> yeah, I've been lamenting and making memes. Uh, also for the Facebook group about how I'm really disappointed in what's been happening with these Herschel Gordon Lewis episodes. But I also think you know, with Boz's loss, I'm in a dark yeah. place too. You know, I've just I've not been wanting to do the show. And as Mac yeah. can attest, I've stopped playing the intro for him and just, I to do the show. I just play it into the episode, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, it's not easy to listen to it while I'm editing, yeah. even. Um, um, even just the tail ends of it <laughs> to make sure that it, you know, fades in and out like I want it I to. I mean, yeah, it's rough. Yeah, I can't believe he's gone, man. That's just, yeah. fuck, dude, you never know, man. Yeah, well, you and I. One were- day you're sitting on stupid podcasts doing horse shit. Next day you're gone. And we didn't deal with it in the last quite a few episodes because, uh, well, we already recorded like two in one week. And then we recorded last week when I found out the news. Yeah. And when that episode gets released, everybody's going to hear it in my voice. Mm. Like, I'm just not there. Like, doing that episode. It's yeah. kind of obvious. No, you're and not at all. I'm able to talk mm-hmm. about it this yeah. time that we're recording and for this episode for 407 just because. And then also, I did this update in the Facebook group, and I haven't done it here. But uh, I am formulating a tribute. I know a lot of other podcasts are going to be doing that for sure as well for Boz. But uh, I didn't want to dedicate a Herschel Gordon Lewis episode to him. That wouldn't be fitting. That wouldn't be right. Not that that, yeah, not that Herschel doesn't have his place. No, Laura Gemser episode that. 
No, that also would not be very fitting for for Boz. I have a fitting tribute that I've been formulating, and it's going to be probably a couple episode run that we're going to end up doing next year. But it's going to be year nine before we hit that for sure. So, I mean, we have weeks left. I think Boz would have been fine with Emmanuel, but maybe Emmanuel (laughs) in Bangkok, you'd have been fine with that. Yeah, well, um, you may finally get the movie turned me into a man. I'm just telling you. I know. When we do that movie, that's the movie that turned me into a man. Yeah, we're going to be pairing that with the movie that I turned into a man watching, kind of. So, and we already discussed that in one of the story times that had you very upset that my sexual awakening was a very brutal women in prison film. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that was not the greatest, but. Mine is awesome. I can't wait to actually watch that, the Blu-ray version of it. But anyway, just back to the boss thing. You will probably finally get your way and actually be yep. really happy for one of the things that we do a tribute with for boss. So I'll just leave it at that. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that was enough depressing yeah. problem, I guess, to start the show off. Let's uh, let's dig into gruesome twosome talk a little bit here. Uh, step up from A Taste of Blood and A Step Up from Color Me Blood Red. Um, still not super great, but the stuff that I was dreading, mm, not as bad. And the essence of fun is back. And you definitely get the tongue-in-cheek uh, Herschel Gordon-Lewis style of humor in this quite a bit. Like, there's a lot of stuff where the joke is kind of almost on the audience with what they're doing, too with the comedic timing yeah so i mean that's at least a little bit better it's a little bit more fun to talk about there's something more to kind of bite into and talk about plus this movie was only 72 minutes i think max yeah it's that it's that over two hours of horseshit yeah that was a taste of blood was a bit rough that being the longest running time for herschel gordon lewis he should really limit his running time to under 90 minutes preferably closer to 70 uh yeah really Mm mm-hmm yeah, he he, t- I agree. he does a real tight movie at about 72, 75 minutes. Um, it's a little bit of a stretch when he starts getting up to about 80 or so. But he is like that that level of filmmaker where he can nail an hour and 12 minutes of stuff. And even when it's padded, which this last one, Gruesome Twosome, certainly has its padding to it. Uh, it doesn't feel as bad because he's moving along with everything else so fast that you kind of just do a give me on that for the padding, I think. Yeah, right. <laughs> And the uh, music befitting of for the pirate radio edit this week, uh, I went a little tongue in cheek with it as well and had a little bit of fun, but I also found songs about wigs as well for this. So yeah, it's either hair or wigs. That's what I'm going with here. It's either hair or wigs. I mean, it's appropriate. Also, it deals, uh, if it's hair, it deals with ladies' hair or a wig as in a ladies' wig where someone's either singing about a ladies' wig or they are in some way, shape, or form dealing with wigs. So there we go. That's that's the gist of it. And then we will be digging into Gruesome Twosome right after we play this Legion Patreon ad and on the Pirate Radio Edit up first uh, and very much a first on this because I don't think I've ever played this person before on the show. We're going to have Ariana Grande with my hair right after this. Holy shit. This will keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet. My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, 
just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really. You can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon. And for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it. And thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. I couldn't get it to stop either because the fucking thing uh, glitched out on me. Uh, my sound plan. Oh, I'm just saying, of all the music I I knew I was going to hear at some point, I never, I just never thought right, it. So first of all, Grande? I don't fucking hate pop music just for the sake of hating on pop music. That's not me. No, I know you. You yeah. never have. If it's a good no. tune and it's. I yeah, if it's a good tune it. and it's got some uh, decent vocalizations and uh, the music itself is produced well, it chances are, if I can think of it or I find it whenever I'm looking for something that matches the subject matter of what we're talking about, it's going to end up on the show, whether it's Ariana Grande or not. And uh, that definitely is something that's happening. And her lyrics, through the context of this film, are a lot darker now. Much, much darker now. Yeah. And by the way, say what you want about her. She yeah. does have an amazing voice. I mean, she's got a, a gift, yeah. a talent. That's so. pretty much all that matters whenever I'm going to be picking yeah. out the song. And that, and as long as they mm-hmm. don't do anything horrific and horrible in some way, shape, or form that makes me fucking hate them. Uh, like, let's say, make a taste of blood. Yeah, like, you're not going to be playing Chris Brown on this. Uh, you're not going to be, like, playing Chris Brown on the show. <laughs> or even so. Bobby Brown, because he pretty much murdered Whitney Houston. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, that's also true. <laughs> All right, speaking of making a killing, let's uh, go ahead and start Gruesome Twosome. The first 20 opens with the bullshit I have been dreading with the two foam heads that talk to each other. You know what, though? It's dialogue, and that's right, our first clip. You're new here, aren't you, dearie? I show I am. <laughs> I can tell by your disheveled appearance. Uh, no offense, of course. That's all right. I know you girls live sheltered lives. Well, my life is simply plumb full of exciting things. Really? And what is so exciting about your life? I don't think you'd understand. Well, I must say you've got a nerve. Honey child, you have to have nerve to go through what I've been through. And what have you been through? Apple dumpling, I've been through bloody murder. And that's a fact. Mmm, that's nice. Don't fight. Murder? Well, 
You do look a fright, dearie. <laughs> Ignorance really is bliss. Sugar pot, you ever been to college? College? What's that got to do with anything? Somehow I knew you wouldn't understand. I've been to college, and believe me, I got a real education. Matter of fact, that's where this all happened. You're talking in circles. College, honey lamb, is where I flipped my wig. Or rather, where I became what I am today. <laughs> I can believe the last part of that. But college, dearie, you are funny. What degrees do you have? Crime like virtue has its degrees, as Mrs. Pringle always said. College, crime, Mrs. Pringle. I think you're wiggy, dearie. Why, thank you. Now, if you'll just hush, I'll tell you what happened on my college campus. I mean, the story of Mrs. Pringle, the co-eds, Napoleon, and Rodney. He's actually responsible for my being here. That Rodney certainly knew how to use a knife. A knife? Oh, yes, sweet potato. Why, Rodney could raise the hair off your head. <laughs> you silly thing. Dearie, you realize I don't believe any of this. <laughs> Experiences is believing, as Mrs. Pringle always said. <laughs> it's just the most ridiculous fucking opening to a film. Uh, I want to say I was dreading this. This was the thing that I mentioned yeah. in the uh, documentary where I'm like, that just looks absolutely horrible. How the fuck am I even going to talk about it? And then when I realized that it was all just dialogue delivery anyway, I'm like, fuck it. I'll just use it as a clip and then say that was the most ridiculous bullshit I've ever seen. The general disregard that Herschel yeah. Gordon Lewis had for his audience in doing this the way that he did it is just fucking hilarious to me. Like, I'm not even in Insulted, like I thought it was going to be. It's literally like, this is fucking bold. Like, this is blazingly just saying, fuck you. I'm going to do this anyway just to pad out my movie. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to have two mannequin heads talk to one another and you're going to fucking watch it and I don't give a shit. <laughs> the clip ends with one foam head getting its wig taken off, then fake stabbed in the top of the head. After that, they cut to a sign that says 100% human hair wigs for sale as the camera pans over to show another sign that says room for rent, then pans over into the darkness to show a woman stroll into frame with a newspaper. She stands by the sign and is startled by someone that leads to dialogue and our next clip. May I help you, dear? Yes. I've come to see about the ad. Do you have my paper for a room for rent? Is it still vacant? Indeed it is. It certainly is. I'm so glad to know you. I'm Mrs. Springer. I'll show you the room. Get away, Kitty. Get away. Oh, Napoleon, did you come to meet our pretty visitor? Isn't she a lovely girl? This lovely brown hair. Beauty can inspire miracles, I always say. Don't I, Napoleon? And now I'd like to show you the room, my dear. Rodney will be delighted, simply delighted. Who's Rodney? Oh, you just come along with me, my dear. You'll meet Rodney soon enough. Yes, indeed. What a lovely wig. Is this your business, Mrs. Pringle? Yes. Yes, this is my little wig business. 
Miss Rodney and I and, of course, Napoleon find it very nice. Of course, my dear, it is very difficult to find just the right wigs. And we're very particular, aren't we, Napoleon? I think it's just wonderful living here like you do, running your own little business. If I take the room, I'll be sure and tell the girls on campus about your wigs. Fine. May I see the room now, please? Of course, my dear. That's why you're here. Come with me. I don't understand. Is the room here? Yes, my dear. Rodney, my love, there's a visitor to see the room. Oh, no! And with that, they show the son scalping the girl. They really, really take their time doing it as the actress really sells how miserable she is. This is some of the best work they've had in a Herschel Gordon Lewis film. Uh, the gore isn't as believable. There's quite a few times when he's removing the head that it, or removing the hair off the head that you can kind of tell. It's, you know, just fake blood on top of her scalp. And then also uh, that it's, it's kind of not even like a wig, but it's just like a patch of hair that he's supposed to be removing. Uh, the hair that's being removed looks pretty realistic, but the cut coming off the scalp and then the skull stuff is obviously very, very fake. Uh, you can even at one point in time, I think, see the bald cap that's holding down yeah. the actress's real hair <laughs> when they're scalping them. But uh, that being said, the character playing the son is doing an excellent job being menacing and just really horrific in his wanton cruelty for enjoying that and getting ready to kill. And the actress that is selling her pain and her fear is doing such a great job that for like a moment I forgot I was watching a Herschel Gordon Lewis film and I'm like alright you know what this is done so well I'm gonna forgive the foam heads at this point I'm not <laughs> They had a conversation, Court, and we had to watch it. <laughs> yeah, but this part was done so well that like I, I just it had just sketched out of my brain it was. You're not wrong, Court. Court I'm not you're saying not wrong, you but have I'm just to saying. forgive the foam heads. I watched two mannequin heads have a right. You do not have oh, to okay. forgive that. No. All right, good. I, I was like, I don't no, want to. No, I'm saying you. this is the point yeah. where I eased up on the film and was like, all right, I'm going to forget about that and just try and enjoy the rest of the movie. You know, like it's still egregious and it's still horrific that yeah. they did the mannequin head. But at this point, the scalping and the way that they set it up, I'm like, all right, well, they at least have somewhat of a movie here. This is a step up still from the previous like two gore flicks we've covered. That's all. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, all right, all right. I got you. I got you then. It needs to be stated that the son is being very broadly portrayed as mentally handicapped or developmentally challenged. Now, they rein it in a little bit later on in the movie, and I think he does a better job. But his performance here, I think he went really, really broad. And this is just another one of those, hey, this was our first take. Uh, dial it back on the next one. You know, you can kind of tell because he is really over the top yeah. with this. But I think they're really trying to sell the menace of his cruelty with it, too. Yeah, they did a pretty good job with that. Uh, that uh, this is these are people who shan't be fucked with because they're evil. <laughs> the scalping gore effect goes on even longer as their son removes the hair and then it cuts to him dumping out gore from the newly severed scalp. It cuts from this to a jazz score and the actual opening credits with our title and everything. The credits end with uh, what must be dialogue because it looks like we've reached our third clip. Hi, how's it going? Fine day. You're late. You're thirsty, late for class. Oh, my lab class. Hold me up again as usual. I'll pick you up tonight around eight, okay? Oh, Dave, I'm sorry. I promised Dawn I'd have her look for an apartment. She's moving off campus semester. I forgot all about our date. That's great. You know, this is the third date that you've forgotten about this week, Kathy. 
First you had to help Sally find her stolen earrings that turned out not to be stolen. Then it was the big search for Mrs. Archer's parakeet that you were convinced was in the pot pie that we had for lunch yesterday. And now it's an apartment for Dawn. Oh, for goodness sakes, Dave, we're together all the time. Honest, I'm sorry, but I promised Dawn. We'll go out tomorrow night and I won't let anything interfere. Okay? Come on, we better get a move on. Hi, how are you? Hi, Kathy. What do you think about those missing girls? The whole campus is talking about it. I know it. It is strange, all right. Three girls just disappearing like that. Yeah, it is. And that's all I want you to think about it. Brother, that's all I need. Kathy Baker, girl detective. How'd I ever get mixed up with a female James Bond? Bye. Bye. <gasps> You've looked at seven rooms, Don. If you don't, we'll find one soon. Dave's not going to speak to me. Really? Yeah. He's mad again. I'm breaking too many dates. Don, you can't move out of the dorm now. Not with all these girls disappearing. It gives me the creeps just even thinking about it. Janet's right, Don. The campus is a safe place. No one knows what's happened to these girls. And they all lived off campus. Oh, don't be silly. I admit it's spooky, but I think there's a perfectly good explanation for it. Anyway, I have to move since I'm taking a part-time job in town. It's too hard to get back and forth. <laughs> oh, my goodness, this film. It's, it's hard to hate it because it's like that sense of fun that's in 2000 Maniacs where it's just like wacky fun that they were trying to be serious and gross. Like, it's yeah. back in this film, at least, you know? Like, I think Herschel kind of got over losing yeah, Friedman good stuff. at this point, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think they're like, all right, well, fuck it. It's all over. <laughs> the end of the clip inexplicably turns into a weird dancing on a bed sequence while some of the other ladies are just eating KFC and watch them dancing. I would call this sequence padding, but I have a soft spot for go-go dancing from this era as well as the hair. And uh, the ladies were wearing sort of like uh, sleeper gowns and uh, nighties and things like that. So uh, I'm going to be thankful for it, movie. Thank you. <laughs> Thank They're you, wondrous dancing and the music is interrupted with a... A special news report that is our next clip. Please stand by for an important announcement regarding the murders in this area. Please stand by. We interrupt this program to bring you a bulletin on the disappearance of three co-eds from the university. Captain John Howell of the Brockton Police Department has just issued a statement that evidence leads the police to believe that the three co-eds may have been murdered. We ask all female students to remain in the dormitories after dark. Complete details on the 10 o'clock news. And now we return you to Ready and the Rascals. I knew it. I felt all along something terrible happened to those girls. Dawn, I think you should stay here until something more is uncovered. Kathy, for goodness sake. I admit it's scary. But what's the difference in staying right inside the dorm at night and right in my own room? After all, I'm not looking for a room in the public park. <laughs> <laughs> you are. Oh, by the way, may I borrow your gold Yeah, sure. I don't know, it's... I still think you should stay here, Dawn. It's, it's just a feeling. That's right. Kathy, if we paid any attention to your feelings, we'd all end up in the loony bin. Or in jail. <laughs> Come on, yeah. let's stop being morbid. Open that paper to the room's for insects. <laughs> 
The radio said the police suspected murder, Dave. Imagine in this city. Murder can happen in any city, Kathy. The police are doing everything they can. Oh, but are they, Dave? I mean, they only suspect murder. You think they know by now. Dave, suppose you and I did a little checking. Maybe we'd find something that could help the police. Hold on. The police don't need any help. I don't want you going off on any snooping excursions. This is serious, Kathy, and it could be dangerous. There's a possible killer loose. That's the point. All the girls are students. Now, where is a better place to look than right here on campus? Kathy, I don't want you to get involved. The police have checked the campus, and they don't need any help. I know how you get carried away over things like this, and it worries me. This is no simple little mystery. Dave, you know Mr. Spence and the janitor? Now, there's a mysterious man if I ever saw one. What? What? Yes, just the type that would do something like that. Good grief, Kathy. Man, you're something else. Mr. Spenson, look, enough is enough. Maybe you don't have to go to class, but I do. Just leave Mr. Spenson out of this, and you stay out of it yourself. I'll call you later. Oh, boy, he is a very controlling fucking young man. Yeah, he's, he's a giant But also, at the shit. same time, she is being a bit of a nudge and digging in where she probably shouldn't. She is, she's a, yeah, she's a nosy Nelly and a no good <laughs> With that, it seems the young lady decides to follow the janitor like she is Encyclopedia Brown or some shit and snoops about the garbage he is dealing with and then very obviously stalks him from less than 10 feet in what can only be considered a bit or comedic attempt at this point. This goes on for quite a bit of screen time and is most definitely the biggest padding that we've seen since the mannequin heads. <laughs> All right, so I did a stream of consciousness yeah taking notes while I'm waiting on this because this is a very long amount of screen time so I'm literally writing down things as they come to me while watching this still happen so here we go wow is this fucking annoying that I have all, all right. of this time to type this up spell check this document and still the pursuit sequence goes and continues to go on she follows him all the way to his house and I check the runtime just now and that is the end of the first 20 minutes nice <laughs> Good job. Like, You're doing well. Literally, that's how that happened. We got through 20. <laughs> uh, yeah. I should note that I do say the second 20 starts on the next round, but I ended up going like 25 minutes from the next time that once we pick up from here. Um, I think we've got a pretty good setup. We already know what's mm -hmm. happening. We already know the wig makers are murderers and that they are scalping women for their hair to make wigs from. Um, this is pretty much what he did with Color Me Blood Red, only it's a wig maker who's murdering to get the perfect wig creations. Um, this is yeah. definitely way before Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And uh, it's a very interesting take on that very similar wearing someone else's flesh or hair uh, aspect. It has a very Ed Gein thing to it. So very interesting. It kind of does. I mean, I mean, almost anything where you're wearing something of some other human's body parts always going to be very, very much. Ed yeah, but he would actually scalp a woman like and wear her whole like face and hair yeah. and like would dress in a women in a woman's skin. Um, so the fact that it is this carefully crafted removal of the hair in order for someone else to be able to wear it as a wig, even though it's unknowingly. But like, how would you and why would you put on a uh, leather based wig? Like they have to do something between scalping and then turning it into a wig, right? There has to be some kind of work that they're doing there because I'm yeah. pretty sure people would notice that they're wearing a human skin cap that has real human hair eventually. You would think, but you know, I never know with people anymore. <laughs> that's, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. All right. So you want to move on to the next 25, I think it's going to be. Yeah. All right. I, I really think we've, uh, we've done all we can do here. 
<laughs> You've done all the damage we can do now. <laughs> we should spread out. We could do more damage that way. Yeah, second, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No. The next 25 starts with the dude doing yard work as the snooping lady follows him even more closely than before. And then she's standing there right behind him, just enough to where she could very easily be noticed by anyone, including the subject of the person she's trying to tail. Dude digs a hole in the ground and plants bones that are obviously too large for it to be a human being. And I believe he is trying to provide for his trees. He is burying this by. Uh, my guess was that it was like a bone meal thing. And that's kind of a better known fertilizer. But I guess, you know, just burying bones to feed your garden isn't such an unheard of technique. That's my guess at this point that that's what the guy's actually doing. Uh, the actual reason's even weirder. But anyway, the nosy lady goes back over to dig up the bone and is startled by a dog and the owner and draws attention to the dude. And that is our fifth clip. What the screw Young lady, I don't know what you're shouting about, but nobody is murdering nobody around here. But what are you doing in my yard? I'm being hit in the closet at the school. We had to send three men back to get new uniforms because of that. It turned out to be one of the students' pet skunks. Get in my police car. I'm going to take you back to the dorm. But first, you apologize to this gentleman. I apologize. Mm. Yeah, birthday party. Start all over. Do come in. May I help you, dear? I hope so. I'm interested in a wig for my daughter. Oh, indeed, you've come to the right place. We have the finest wigs that money can buy. In life, we get what we order, I always say. Don't I, Napoleon? These are lovely. Almost human. Uh, what color is your daughter's hair? She has dark brown hair. She had it very long and has cut it very short. It's darker than this. Seems all the girls are cutting their hair and then buying wigs. Indeed, everything's a fad with the young ones today. Cause I can't complain, can I, Napoleon? But dark brown hair, 
We just don't have a dark brown wig now. How soon do you need it? There's no rush. A week or two will be fine. Here's a swatch of her hair. I'll leave it and stop back in. Well, that's splendid, dear. What a lovely color. A little hard to match, but we'll do our best, won't we, Napoleon? Good day. Goodbye. Gracious, Napoleon. How am I ever going to match that child's hair? Literally attacked me, trying to get those bones. I tell you, it was horrible. It worked for the police coming up this very minute. I'd have been a goner. Kathy, you said the neighbor called the police. And then Mr. Spinson was attacking you. <laughs> I did? Well, I mean, the neighbor did call the policeman as he was cruising by. Kathy, you are something. Why can't you ever stay out of trouble? Imagine following Mr. Spinson home and then accusing him of murder. Now, look, maybe I did make a mistake, but it could have been Mr. Spinson committing those murders or anyone. If we don't follow every possible clue, why, we could all end up dead or worse. Kathy, what could be worse than being dead? But we don't have anything to worry about because we have you for a roommate. But it isn't every dorm that has its own built-in detective system. Oh, all right. But if something horrible does happen, just don't call on me to find out. Okay. Wow. A lot going on in that clip, huh? Getting some chicken little vibes <laughs> over here. Yeah, no kidding. This then cuts to a sequence of a lady taking off her wig, checking herself out in the mirror, and immediately hopping into the shower. We watch through the shower door as she scrubs up and then hops out, blocking any view with a towel, or the warping weirdness of the shower also blocks any actual view. Once she is done, she puts her wig back on and then joins the other ladies. There is discussion. I'm fucking lazy. That's our next. Flip. Hi, everybody. I thought I'd drop by and see the hero. Nancy, your hair. Gosh, it's beautiful. Oh, Isn't it fabulous? Oh. This is the wig I've been waiting for. Doesn't oh, it look just like real hair? Oh. Sure does. Hey, it is real hair, isn't it? Oh, Where'd you get it, Nan? My kid sister's been bugging the whole family for a fall. But it was expensive, huh? No, not really. I was very lucky. I went downtown and found this little wig shop, and this sweet old lady and her son run it. And all you have to do is cut off a little piece of hair, and she matches it just perfectly. It's just like, oh, but right. it cost me almost a month's allowance. Oh, that's about but it was worth it. I can hardly wait to show up. I know. Hey, write the address down for me, will you? Okay. It is beautiful. Isn't it beautiful? Oh, here. Oh, well. I've got to run. I'm late for my date. So long, then. Oh. Well. Oh. We're still apartment, honey. I'll see you later. Okay, we'll Bye, see you. Bye, Bye. Bye. Take it easy. Have a good time. That's a good boy, Rodney, dear. You've been working so hard lately, we've hardly had time for a visit, have we? You want mother to tell you a story? <laughs> Your dear father, the Lord rest his soul, always loved a storytelling session after a hard day's work. Rodney wants a story. Tell me a story about <laughs> Rapunzel and the Golden Hair. That's my very favorite one. That always was your favorite story, dear. Now make your special promise to mother and she'll tell it to you. No. No, Rodney wants to hear the story first. No. Rodney, you do not pout at Mother. Now make your special promise. Hurry up, it's near your nap time. No! Rodney can be such a naughty boy, and you know how Mother likes naughty boys. They get switches in their stockings at Christmas. 
Well, now, Mother doesn't tell stories to naughty boys until you make your promise. Rodney's sorry he was naughty and make his promise and be Mother's good boy. Oh, that's nice, dear. And now your special promise. I promise to be a good boy always and listen to Mother so that I can live here forever and never have to go away to the place for bad boys. <laughs> oh, that's splendid, dear. That's fine. And now that you've been such a good boy, Mother has a present for you. An electric knife. <laughs> and now Mother will tell you a story. Once upon a time, there was a beautiful girl named Rapunzel with long, beautiful, golden hair. She was such a lovely. <laughs> I'm getting all uh, sorts of Mother's Day vibes there. I don't know. Uh, that's kind of weird. Yeah, <laughs> that, it just weird. Yeah, it's weird. It, it seems. Yeah, weird the movie's to... winning me over with how like oddball it's getting and everything. Like, I'm I'm happy that I kept going and ignored the fact that those mannequin heads things was so egregious. I just <laughs> it's such a ballsy fucking disrespectful move to your audience that I can't get over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Anyway, the clip ends and we then cut to a drive-in that for some reason a date is now at a restaurant. Unless that is somehow the movie in the drive-in, it's not really easy to tell. This is a dude munching chips and then he smacks the lady for trying to eat any of the chips as well for some reason anyway back at the drive and we then see a couple is making out and only because the couple in the back are already making out as well or something along those lines then we are back to this weird ass segment of a movie where they are supposedly making out while the dude munches down on fruit this is too out there and finally it's just enough dialogue fuck it that's our next clip my darling kiss me Palmer. oh I can't get enough of you my love Kiss me, kiss me. So romantic in a driving movie. This is just great, Dave. Dave, do you ever wonder what all these people and all these cars are doing? Nice thoughts for a young girl like you. Oh, I don't mean that. Honestly, Dave, sometimes you just say the worst things. What I mean is, well, what are they doing with their lives? How do they think? Where do they live? Well, I bet we're just surrounded right this very minute by simply fascinating people we can't even begin to know. Maybe there's a group of nuclear scientists relaxing at this movie before they plan their first trip to the moon. Or perhaps even a spy just loaded with all kinds of secrets to overthrow the government. Or even... Or maybe there's a guy in one of those cars who's absolutely out of his mind to make mad, passionate love to his best girl. Don't you think it's time we no. had a talk? I mean it, Terrence. You've been avoiding this discussion. But if we mean anything to each other, please listen to me. You've got to stay to hear me out. This is the most important moment of my life. Have some beer. Oh, who can drink beer at a moment like this? I can. Why must you be so careless, so cruel? Why must you avoid the issue? Mm. Haven't you anything to say to me, Terrence? More beer. Hey, why are you so gushy all the time? Honestly, don't you ever think of anything besides love? Hey, what's going on up there? 
You spent a buck and a half to get in here. Why can't we get some peace and quiet? Honestly, Kathy, can't you ever concentrate on anything besides mysteries? Oh. I'm sorry, honey. I guess I do get carried away. Forgive me? Dave, what if the murderer is right here in this drive and hiding out from the police? Well, I'll bet we could just go ahead and Here we go again. Well, the movie's over anyway. Let's go home, folks. Well, you can chase murderers around here all night if you want to. But I've got to get home. I've got an early appointment in the morning to see an apartment. Oh, my God. I'd like to see the room you have for rent, if it's still vacant. Perfect, perfect. Gifts come on high in their own peculiar form. Oh, do come in, my dear. The room is waiting for a pretty girl like you. Such lovely, long brown hair. I'm glad you still have the room. I've been looking for simply days. Would you shut waste another moment? Will she, Napoleon? You know she's just the right one, don't you, you clever cat? Isn't she lovely? Oh, yes. Um, oh, I'm Dawn Farrell. I'm a student at the university. Oh, I'm Mrs. Pringo, and this is Napoleon. Really, my dear, you're exactly what we've been waiting for. Oh, and now the room. I do hope you like it. Oh, well, I think I love it. Uh, could I see it now? I've got a class this evening, and I can't be late. Of course, my dear. You can leave those things there. You won't be needing them. All right. Get your happiness out of your work, or you'll never know what happiness is, I always say. Don't die, Napoleon. Come right this way. I'll show you. Is the room here? Yes, indeed. Really, it's very convenient. You're quiet and awaking the rest of the house, and you have your own entrance. Well, I guess it'll be okay. I wasn't exactly expecting it to be like this. Oh, the room is over there, my dear. Oh, I see. Oh, is this your hobby, Mrs. Pringle? I'll bet you're the woman Nancy Harris bought her wig from. Of course. She said the wig shop was run by a nice lady and her son. When she gave me the address, I never dreamed that Nancy it would be... Nancy Harris? Well, my dear, she gave you the address? Well, it's certainly possible. You see, this little wig business helps support myself and Napoleon and my son Rodney. I see. Uh, does Rodney live here too, Mrs. Pringle? Oh, yes. Rodney's a good boy. I couldn't be in business without him. A boy's where the winds will, and the thoughts of youth, the long, long thought, long fellow. Hey! The doors we own close each day, inside the lives we live, right, Napoleon? she is shoved into the room, the son grabs her and slams her on his murder table to immediately use his electric carving knife to saw off her head and kill her. Ben works on scalping her with that same uh, electric cutting knife, and it cuts away from it, and that is the end of the 45-minute mark. After this, we will be barreling to the very end of the film. I did it in that big of blocks. Good. Let's get out of here. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty direct. It's pretty straightforward. I mean, women answer the ads. I mean, it was not a long movie. No, I mean, the women are either answering the ads for the room and getting murdered or showing up to buy a wig from someone that just got murdered. Or you put in an order and then someone is about to get murdered because that's what they need. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's what 
that's pretty much it. Yeah. All right. Do we just want to do the race to the finish and get this over with? Make this as short of an episode as possible? Yeah. I mean, there's really not a lot to talk. Uh, there's not a lot to talk about. Yeah. There's this. no deep analysis just telling you what happened. And then that's what happened. <laughs> there's no there's no symbolism. Yeah, exactly. Very straightforward. We could sit here and bitch about how annoying Ooh. our uh, bumbling idiot fucking snooper detective lady is. But whatever. Yeah, she, I mean, she's gone from somebody who's like, oh, yeah, you know, you. this is this is somebody you want to. I mean, she she has good ideas and she is suspicious, but she's suspicious of everyone. And that makes her a chicken little sky is falling, but fucking no one's going to care. Yeah, she's also a Karen because she's all up in people's business that it doesn't fucking matter and wondering about people's lives. It's like she hasn't fully jumped out of that childhood wonder, but in an adult wondering about everybody else's lives yeah. and speculating about them is irritating. <laughs> yeah, Let's just do the race to the finish, right? Let's get out of here. All right. The race to the finish starts with a band performing music, which is the immediate cut away from the last murder. It turns out it's not a band. It's just a bunch of these like college kids playing a jam as a large group parties on the beach. And it is filmed, including crotch shots of dancing and some nonsensical conversations that mean nothing in the background. Uh, for the perverts out there that are watching this, the scene at least contains shots of camel toe and a hint or two of moose knuckle for those of you that are into no. that as well. So if you like the look of genitalia, outlined by bathing suits which i do this scene's for you yeah i mean who doesn't come on our main actress who i have now dubbed snooper sleuth dumps water on her would-be dude and she also prominently displays camel tone on screen the entire time like i referred to above he gets (laughs) (laughs) he gets up to chase her after being soaked and there is more dialogue once he catches her and our eighth clip you know, there's a penalty for throwing water over my Is head. Is that right? What's that, Dave? This. Now, isn't this better than running around playing detective? You know, we don't spend any time at all together, Kathy. I'm getting lonesome. Oh, you know I love you. Very much. I'm worried about Dawn. She never came back to the dorm last night. Oh, I hope nothing has happened. Can't we spend one afternoon without you worrying about something happening to someone? David Ford. If you have no feelings for anyone but yourself, well, maybe I made a big mistake about you. Well, we have a murderer running around loose. Anything could have happened to poor Dawn, and all you care about is, oh, just take me home. That's a good idea. May I help you, dear? Did you come to see the room? No, I came to see goodbye here. I saw your sign, and I wondered if you'd consider my hair. I need some money. Mercy me, I think you've come to the right place. Do come in, my dear. Why, yes, you have lovely hair. Rodney would be delighted, even though he didn't expect to work today. But there's a time for work and a time for play, I always say. Right, Napoleon? What's the matter, dear? Why are you crying? Are you afraid? No, ma'am, I'm not afraid. It's just that I hate to lose my hair. Oh, you poor child. But don't worry. Rodney will be as gentle as possible. Nobody can steal what's in your head or in your heart, I always say. Right, Napoleon? Come with me, dear. And it'll be over as quick as you can snap your fingers. Rodney, my dear, we have another visitor. And remember, tonight is Thursday, and Napoleon always has dinner on Thursday. Right this way, my dear. Miss Willow, what will you 
this is really starting to remind me of Mother's Day in the that she's always talking about, like how Napoleon, which is just a stuffed animal, like a, a literal animal. It's like a like a lynx or some kind of uh, wild cat that is stuffed that she talks to as if it actually responds to her and is a living, breathing thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little weird. It's it's the whole every mother in a horror movie always seems to be just disturbing. It, it it's all the same. It's like everything from Psycho to his mom, you know, being abusive before he killed her to I don't know, just any any mother in any horror movie. It's always disturbing. <laughs> she's clearly not, you know, she's mentally ill, very clearly, and she's raised a diminished so capacity. Yeah, she's raised a diminished capacity young man who doesn't know any better and has essentially given him the same mental illness that she has because he murders for her. And he clearly enjoys it, though, at the same time. So you're not sure how that adapted or how that ended up happening between the two of them. And this is literally the most pathos we're going to get out of this film is kind of wondering what's going on with them, other than it's obvious that they are both very yeah. mentally ill. <laughs> All right. So. Mm-hmm. The latest yeah, victim is slashed across the stomach with a machete, and the young man pulls out guts and grew from her open stomach, which makes very little sense considering he is supposed to just scalp them for their hair. But I guess he just has to have a hobby beyond the work of scalping for wig making. Like, he just has to cause pain, too. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. It, it, we say- He's a sadist. This gore sequence goes on for a long time before the film cuts to a dirt track race at night, which must be just padding as we sit and watch it for no real explanation other than the elimination started at maybe around eight or so, and that these are qualifying rounds of a race because there's a lot more going on. Those of you that don't care about racing, it's actually the main dude who is uh, apparently dating the lady is there with his buds. We finally see them. He goes to make a phone call. Thank Christ for dialogue. I don't want to write anymore. That's all. Ninth clip. Hey Dave, where's that guy here? Should I got any man? Now, we had a mutual disagreement. I've been letting her cool off. I guess I better go call her though. Hi Dave. No, Kathy isn't here. She left this afternoon. No, we thought she went with you. I don't think so, but I'll check and see. Hey, does anyone know where Kathy went? You know, Kathy, probably got witch hunting again. No, Don never came back. Now that's something that has us all worried. Kathy just may have done that. Dave, you don't think anything's happened to her, do you? Well, call me back if you find her. Bye-bye. Hey, was that your other phone? No, it was Dave Ford. He's looking for Kathy. I'm getting worried, Lisa. Don's gone and now Kathy's disappeared. So what's a big fuss? I know where Kathy's at. You do? Where is she? Sure, Don left a note for her this morning. Well, what did the note say? Well, Don went apartment hunting again and she said if she found a room, she'd go ahead and rent it. She wanted Kathy to come back and pick her up after classes, then they could get their things. And I didn't, I forgot to give the note to Kathy until this morning. Come to think of it, she got all excited when I did give her the note. You don't suppose that's where she went? Oh, Lisa, this is terrible. Don't you understand? If Don did find her, she wouldn't just leave her things here. Oh, something must have happened, and now Kathy's gone. You don't think they've been murdered, do you? Oh, I don't know what to think. Lisa, do you know what the address was? Oh, golly. No. Wait a minute. Uh, somewhere on Elm Street, 117, 117 Elm Street, that's it. So, so what are you going to do now? I'm going to call the police. You should also run from Freddy while you're at that. One, two, Freddy coming for you. We all yeah, fucking know it. That's why you don't want to go to 117 Elm Street. You don't go to Elm Street. It's not going to do you any good. 
You won't get a good night's sleep, that's for sure. Now, I need to cop to this. There was a long-as-fuck sequence of him walking to find a phone to make a call set to music that is clearly a needle drop. I cut that out, and everyone here, you are welcome for that. Also, you heard it in the clip. I very clearly cut out a lot of dead space between these ladies talking. There was a lot more pausing, and I made it feel like a David Mamet play. <laughs> well, I mean, you did good. You did real good on this shit. <laughs> the clip ends with our snooper. The clip sounded really good for what it came from. Yeah. The clip ends with our snooper sleuth making it to the little wig shop of horrors, which I have now dubbed that and wish I would have thought of it earlier because, man, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's good shit. That's that's good work. That's good. That's good puns. As she meanders around the outside and then finally rings the bell, the murderous old lady hears the bell and answers the door. There's obviously going to be dialogue and our next clip. Napoleon, who can be calling at this hour? That's my soul, child. May I help you? Come in. Please excuse me, ma'am, but I'm looking for the young lady that came to rent a room from you earlier this week. Dawn. Dawn Farrell. I know it's late, but I want to talk with her. Dawn? Dawn Farrell? Why, we don't know anyone by that name, do we, Napoleon? Well, you must be wrong. You see, Dawn wrote this address right here. She has to be here. She's very long, dark brown hair. Ah, I remember now. Yes, the beautiful girl with the long, dark brown hair. She was here, but she didn't come to rent a room. She came to buy a wig. A wig? But I thought, I don't know what to think. A wig? Wait a minute. You must be the lady that sold the wig to Nancy Harris. Gee, I must have got my notes all mixed up. Mrs. Uh, Miss uh, Pringle, Mrs. Pringle, and this is Napoleon. Mrs. Pringle, I apologize for all these questions, but I am worried about my friend. And your address is the last place that, that we know for sure that she went. That is strange. I'm sorry, dear. I wish we could be of some help. Well, I guess I better go. Oh. I'm sorry for troubling you. It's no trouble at all, dear. No trouble at all. Come any time. Napoleon, I'm afraid we have a problem. Mercy, whatever possessed that child to take our address down? Well, if things go wrong, don't go with them, I always say. Don't die, Napoleon. If Dawn came here to buy a wig, where did she go? And why did she say she came here to rent a room? She really came to buy a wig. Something is wrong. And I'm going back and find out what it is. Oh boy, we even get inner monologue as a plot device to move the movie yeah. along. <laughs> Great. Next thing you know, she'll break the fourth wall. See, I told you there's something weird going on. The snooper sleuth does her snooping routine, which is wholly unbelievable as she lurks about outside in an obvious and attention-grabbing manner that pads out the film. She works her way back over to the porch and then starts snooping in windows, looking like she wants to rob the place. This lurking around padding continues as we watch her find an open window and decide to pull a good old-fashioned B&E and sneak on into a room that shockingly has wigs in it with phone 
foam heads. She checks out the wig and then very carefully opens the door to snoop her way around some more. This cuts to her on the other side of that door. I guess she gets caught. This was almost a clip where the old lady locks her in, but that would take more time to rewind to record than typing this while the snooper sleuth finds her friend's scalped wig, and then the son comes in with his machete to attack. But for some reason, the boyfriend shows up with the cops and our pent ultimate clip. We still have one more clip left. The snooper sleuth successfully defends herself by stabbing the dude in the eye, and the police come in in just in time to save her. The film cuts to what looks like the following morning as a very sad but very alive snooper sleuth exits the little wig shop of horrors with her bow and the two pigs. There is fucking dialogue and our final clip. Young man, we owe you an apology. And young lady, you had a close call. And we want to thank you for helping us put an end to this monstrous situation. I'm sorry, lady, about your friend. Please don't put an end to these murders. Lieutenant, what do you suppose will happen to Mrs. Pringle and her son? She seemed like such a sweet old lady that I'm afraid they'll both spend the rest of their days in the state mental hospital. Well, let's go make a report. After this clip, we see some young women walking up to the wig shop. They are disappointed that they cannot buy a wig and then look at the stuffed cat named Napoleon that's sitting there in the garbage. The film focuses in on that and fades to black. Shit just fucking ends right there. There aren't even fucking credits. 
<laughs> yeah, nothing deep. Uh, nothing all that uh, nope. incredible or mesmerizing or wonderful about this. Uh, it just is. It just exists. Uh, the gore is great. Um, there's some it's... moments of acting that are actually really well done on the evil character's side. Um, there's a little bit more care uh, in those sequences and how they're put together. But uh, it's very much on par with what it is there for for a Herschel Gordon Lewis film. He just needed to have content that people would pay to sit and watch, and there's just enough gore to get people into it. That's it. That's true. Yeah. No, you're you're not wrong. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a good write up of what usually this guy's doing. <laughs> it's amazing to me that he. I mean, while he grows as a filmmaker and he does more um, interesting shots and things like that, it's interesting to me that it's pretty much like him and Dave Friedman make 2000 Maniacs and it just never gets better because they just kind of can't agree on stuff and then they split ways. And after that, it's literally Herschel just putting out content to make whatever quick buck he can off of it. From there, the fun kind of almost goes out of it. Yeah. It's a little bit back here. The fun's a little bit back here for sure. Uh, but I don't think that... Friedman would have done the mannequin heads. I mean, like, you're paying actresses to deliver that dialogue. Why not just shoot the actresses delivering that dialogue? Yeah, that's that's a really good point. I don't know why or what they were fucking thinking on that. <laughs> it's just such a bizarre so, I mean, choice. It's so hard to get over, too. Probably just, he was, he got really artsy on us. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Ah, uh, no, I believe it was. Two mannequin heads. It's art. I believe it was literally the cheapest, easiest thing that he could do. And then he just paid two voiceover actresses very short amount of money and like just basically had them do a sketch that was just long enough to fill the time. Then, you know, put that over top of the mannequin heads and then had that murder happen. That's it. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, okay. But yeah, he could have padded out the film in any other way. That is just literally probably the cheapest way that he chose to do it. <laughs> well, I mean, good, good for him. I <laughs> Way to be uh, uh, economic. He even just tacks it onto the very start of the film. Like you could just skip to the credits and watch this film and it would be like under an hour and 10 minutes. It would, and it would probably be a little bit more enjoyable. Actually, that's what I'm going to recommend you do. Just skip the mannequin head things. If you ever watch this on your own and you don't believe us that it's, you know, as cornball yeah. as it is. Uh, and just go right to when the credits start right after that immediately. And then just let the film's runtime be short, whatever. Who yeah. Cares? Who cares? Who gives a shit? Stop <laughs> bothering us with this shit. <laughs> All right, you want to come up I'm with I'm not here to tell you how to live your fucking life. You want to come up with something for story time so that we can just close out this episode and let everybody live yeah, their life. Yeah, I got something. All right, awesome. And yep. I'll just do what I've been doing and just bounce off of you, I suppose. All right, so up next on the Pirate Radio right. edit, we're going to have Stevie Ray Vaughan, which is a complete 180 from doing Ariana Grande earlier, and the song Give Me Back Big My time. Wig, which is performed live. And then right after that, we'll have a little bit of a story time.
that seems really dark when you know the content of the film on how the wigs are made. Am I wrong? <laughs> no shit. Yeah. No, not good. Not good. <laughs> the song's fucking amazing, though. Stevie Ray Vaughan always fucking rips. Yeah. Yeah. It's always good. Shit. <laughs> well, why don't you give our audience some good shit with our next story time? I don't know why I have to keep playing that for us live. We could just move into story time and I could punch it in later. I just still like listening to it. Because we enjoy it. And why do you want to take away things we enjoy? <laughs> That's fair. Let's all move right. on. Anyhow, story time for me, because uh, this goes with this. Uh, we all uh, are, uh, for those who don't know, uh, my brother-in-law uh, does a drag queen. He's, he's a drag queen. And uh, he makes a lot of his own stuff. And of course, some of that stuff he has is his own wigs. Well, one night uh, when he uh, lived in the town we live in, uh, we decided to, uh, he, uh, my wife sent me to go grab something from his apartment while he was out of town. So I went to go grab it and it was in a darker room. And I swear to God, I thought it scared the shit out of me. I saw a person there and I literally almost shit myself. I stumbled. I like shit just was shoved off his dresser because I stumbled backwards and ran out of the room. And I was like screaming at the person to get the fuck out. And then when I turned on the lights, I realized it was a dress stand. And for some reason he had put a mannequin head on top of it to put the wig, probably to see how the wig and the dress would work. Yeah, together. probably freaked the fuck out of me. I, I broke shit. Like literally I had to apologize. I like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, I hope nothing of that was expensive. <laughs> Or a family heirloom. <laughs> oh, wow. That's fucking nuts, dude. Yeah. So it's a wig-related oh, story dude, that you went I, with, huh? I literally, I peed, I, like, I peed a little bit. That's how much it was like, oh, fuck. I thought somebody <laughs> was in that place. So it is a wig-related story then, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See? Look at that. That's the first thing I thought when I was watching that through the two mannequin heads fucking talk to one another. <laughs> was the time that a fucking mannequin head with a wig on it was in the light just right to scare the piss out of you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, I, I would have, have a similar fucked that person up, though, if it's a real person. I'd have fucked him up. I have a similar story uh, to that for sure. Um, it is not. Uh, it's not a mannequin head with a wig on it, though, that that set me off. But um, the yeah. thinking it's a person and taking it too far before you realize that it's not, that it's like almost an embarrassing level of how like scared and like reactive you were. I got one. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> okay. Bev and I were watching uh, TV while on vacation in a hotel room. And uh, we had both fallen asleep. And at one point in time, I guess she had woken up and shut the TV off and then we're sleeping and everything. Well, I wake up in the hotel room and it's dimly lit. And I think I see a person sitting in the chair across from me in the bed. So I look up and I try not to freak out about it as I'm trying to make sure that that's what I'm seeing. And I'm just kind of pretending like, you know, I'm not really like looking, looking. I'm just kind of like laying there with my eyes open thinking and I'm trying to make it out and I'm holding really mm -hmm. still and I'm waiting to see if I see any motion or anything like that and then out of the blue i hop up on the bed stand up and leap at this fucking chair without even thinking about it <laughs> like because i'm like all right whether whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen and so i i wake yeah. Bev up in the process because you know full-grown man leaping in a bed like a kid out of bed at a chair gonna wake her up uh my legs hit yeah. the uh like 
baseboard of the bed after I leap out uh, as well. So I land on the chair. Nobody's in there. And then my pants that I left sitting up there fall and hit me in the head. And Bev's, Bev's just like, Jesus. what's going on? What, <laughs> right? what have you done? And I'm like, I'm sorry, honey. I thought I saw somebody in the chair and I just jumped at them. <laughs> <laughs> fight or flight. Fight or flight. Yeah, and I went with fight, apparently. I stumbled backwards, but I was getting ready to fight the mannequin in the room. I was was like, ah, fuck, here we go. Let's go, motherfucker. No, no, man, like, I bruised up my legs pretty good, and, like, I I just was like, I'm I'm over-exaggerating a little bit, but I pretty much stood up straight from in bed, but it it was hopping up and jumping pretty much out at that chair, which was not, like super far away it was a small hotel room it was literally like you could have fallen out of bed and hit the chair and bev didn't know what happened either way you know what i mean like it's not like this amazing yeah. spectacular yeah. feat it's a tired guy jumping up standing up and feeling like he jumped in bed at the chair yeah, yeah. you're you're at the age now you stand up that quick quick it's like all the lights in their dashboard come on from your car <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> Yeah, uh, you could definitely say that. Uh, it is a little scary being this old, for sure. So that's our story time yeah. for this week. I hope everybody yeah. enjoyed it. Although there you go. the rate we the rate we don't get story feedback, time. I don't. If they're not enjoying story time, then we won't know ever because nobody ever tells us either way. So yeah, you know. well, whatever <laughs> they they deal with that shit. Fine. All right. I don't even care. Up next on the Pirate Radio Edit, I am bringing the cramps back once again, and also live from the album Smell a Female once again, the song Call of the Wig Hat. A little bit of a stretch, but wigs in the title, it works for me. Uh, before that, we're going to have the Ending Legion promo. There you when go. We come back, we'll close out this fucking show. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts. Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Metal Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.
Oh man, both Stevie Ray Vaughan and the Cramps got me sucked in, and I had to stick with that song for a lot longer than I intended to when I want to close out this show faster. Yeah, right. Jesus, what are you doing over here? I don't know if you'd like to. F- We're not a top forty. If you'd radio like to find station. all the previous instances where I have played Stevie Ray Vaughan as well as the Cramps, or together, or separately, or whatever. I doubt that there's any out there that I played Ariana Grande, but if there is, you can find them all at legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops dash podcast. The entire Cinema Psyops archive is still available there on that site. If you're looking for a specific episode and you'd like to contact me to find it, you can talk to me on the Legion Discord chat. Um, I don't respond as much as I'd like to, but I'm there as often as I can be and slightly more than Matt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Well, only slightly slightly. Which is a lot. All right, let's do the rundown of the memes and then give that blank space that's inevitably going to happen yeah. afterwards that Matt will leave me fucked over to close the episode. So here we go. A rundown of the memes. Can't first, wait. it's posted to... <laughs> first, first, it's posted to our Instagram, Cinema underscore PsyOps. Then it's posted to the Facebook page of Cinema PsyOps. Then the Facebook group of Cinema PsyOps, all aptly named for this podcast, which is Cinema PsyOps. And it also is shared to my main page there as Court PsyOps, if you want to find me on Facebook for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, and then you can have me just having blank, long quietness and while you're out there having to cut out that blank quietness until matt finally talks so you can close out the episode kick the fuck out of this week and make it Fucking creep. Fuck him. Uh, hey, since I'm uh, since I'm not like leveling or you know fixing your clips, I'm just trying to like get them to a reasonable volume so they don't blow out our ears. Yeah. Yeah. Murder, thanks. Now you know what it's like to be a cop for a day. Maddox, why can't we see the site with the last? All right, I think 70 percent of total volume seems to be about right for as loud as these are. So I'm just gonna auto set these other ones real quick. All right, so uh, we've been experiencing packet loss for sure because the recording that comes from uh, Zoom on your side, there's like delays between when Mm -hmm. you say something and when I hear it, and then also delays from when you say something and how it gets processed. Like Skype is dropping packets of like silence and things, or not Skype, but Zoom is like dropping packets of silence and things. And I don't know if it's because of that that internet router thing or what might be happening here. So I've just been basically using the local recording Recording, but I'm going to try uh, and just have you record every time on your side and we'll see if it ever gets resolved until we All get right. you a better router. <laughs> or yeah, something. yeah, right.
All right, well, I'm going to set you up to record again, and we'll just see. Um, should have allow participants to unmute and rename. No, I need enable. Oh, that's right. I got to do you individually. <laughs> phrasing. Are we not doing phrasing? There you go. You're ready to record local files. Phrasing. Recording in progress. All right, I'm already recording on my side, so. One, two, three. Awesome. All right. So you are up first, right? No, I'm up first. Gruesome Tuesome. Uh, yeah. No, I'm up first. Uh, are you sure? Because you did it last week. Yeah, you did notes last week, and we only yeah. did one show. Yeah, but uh, if you look at the numbers on the... I mean, uh, you can do yours first. Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are first. Episode 407. I'm up first, so we'll just go ahead and do episode 407 first, okay? All right, let's do it. All right, here we go. Hershey right. Gordon Lewis's intro, it, and hi. I'm going to fucking smoke up. <laughs> I can just get progressively more <laughs> high and give less of a fuck as the show goes, so here we go. The movie you're about... Okay... Where was I in my notes? Because that was a long-ass fucking clip, and even I'm a little lost now, folks. Okay, here we go. It, it, he's, a, he's, a, he's a masochist. No, he's a sadist. He likes to cause pain. Or no, he's a sadist. Sadist. Yeah, sorry. He's a sadist. I, fuck, I knew. I was getting there. <laughs> that blank quietness until Matt finally talks so you can close out the episode. Kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. That's very personal to me, apparently. <laughs> wow. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, go ahead and pause the recording or stop the recording on your side and uh, we'll stop it here on yep. my side. Recording stopped.